welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 173, Adding White Space to Your Year, an encouraging words episode coming to you on Sunday, January 5th, 2020. I'm still excited to say 2020. Ooh. We don't use checks in Sweden. We uh, still use them in America, depending on where you are and where you go and what kind of business it is. And I have to say that AAA, the American Audit, uh, what is it? American Automobile Association. I was talking about sugar comas for the Thursday episode. Still talking about sugar comas now. I can't talk when I have so much sugar in my system. But AAA, which is where I often buy my auto insurance, it's um, where I have you know different kinds of um, extra things like road protection, that sort of thing. For the, I don't understand. I really don't. It's the 21st century. It's not even the beginning of the 21st century. We are just about one fifth of the way in to the 21st century. And um, yeah, the last time I was there, which was a year and a half ago, they would still only take checks for certain products and services. And I was just like, really? Checks? (laughs) So, but that's the last time that really, uh, you know, I get to write the year very regularly is if I'm writing checks. So not having checks in Sweden, It's just funny. There's not that many times that I write the date, but that's why it's just on my mind to be like, whoa, it's 2020 and we're already like a few days into it. It's been 2020 for days now. (laughs) I like numbers. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. But I also like new beginnings. I like the mornings. I like Mondays. Actually, like Sundays and Mondays. Actually, Saturdays, Sundays and Mondays. Saturdays feel like the beginning of the weekend. Sundays in some ways is the beginning of the week and in Mondays is definitely the beginning of the week if you have like a Monday through Friday job. So all sorts of ways that any of those days could be a beginning. Um, And then also beginning of a month, uh, a little bit, but beginning of a new year too. I just feel like everything that is behind me, I can, if I give myself permission, let it go. I can forgive myself for things, forgive other people for things. I can start fresh, clean slate. Like nothing has been done yet to really destroy my year. (laughs) So I feel like there are so many possibilities, so many things that could be done. And even though I have tons of ideas and plans and things that I think might be part of my like formal planning for the year, there's still so much room to go, you know what? I think that this isn't going to work as well as I thought. I'm going to change it to be this. This will be a better plan. I still have plenty of year, lots of year to make a new plan. So yeah, I just really love beginnings. Um, Now, you have heard me talk in the past um, about beginnings and restarting and planning for a new year. And I've been teaching a a time management and project management class for over 10 years. Um, not always every single year, kind of depends. If I'm in the middle of moving, then I tend not to teach it. But from about the middle of January or so, I often open up a class called Going the Distance. And I got really, really good, particularly with all the moving around, but also it's just sort of my personality is is more of an organized personality. My DVDs are alphabetized. <laughs> I've actually been thinking uh, all the books that you can see if you're watching on YouTube behind me. I'm like, oh, it's not good enough just to have the books unpacked and onto the shelf. I need to I need to figure out like 
how I want to put them together. So it'll almost be looking like a little library in here eventually. This will be the writing book section. That's the neuroscience section. What else do I have? I have the um, how-to books section. I have a whole nother section that's just like facts, fact books. Um, let's see, behind me I have a section that's like anything having to do with religious things or spiritual things, that sort of thing. Um, I've got some of my, whoops, wrong, wrong, looking over my shoulder where it is uh, backwards. Sorry, because I'm looking at myself as I'm creating the YouTube portion of the video and I can't get my finger to go the right direction. <laughs> Uh, you can see I actually have a few of my books are together by author. So here's a bunch of Janice Cantori's books, but not all of them because the other day I was looking over there and somewhere over on this shelf. I can't remember exactly where without turning around and trying to find them. I found more Janice Cantori books. I'm like, oh, they can't be all in different places. They have to be together. And then I'm like, well, they need to be together by which series it is too. So <laughs> yes, I, I am that kind of a person. And because I'm that kind of a person, I am actually a really good teacher for time management and project management. And over the years, I added more and more ways and tips. I always am very clear about making sure that you pick something that works for you. I'm not telling you what works for me and that's the only way I'm going to, to teach it and therefore you should do what I do. It's always about this is what works for me, but this is what works for so-and-so and this is what works for someone else. And I mentioned this to a, a um, student, you know, in the past and they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this because I think that will work for me. But the one place where I think I really went wrong was that I kept on trying to see how much more I could get done every year. I wasn't giving myself enough credit for saying you did all, all that you could with your business and you also had a healthy personal life. I don't think that I was really considering the really overall health of the rest of my life for lots of reasons. Um, one of which was I was really trying to um, increase my income and replace, you know, the, the job income that I had when I lived in one place in one country and I could have one job. Um, there was a lot of reasons why I was trying to do more and do more. Part of it was um, just that internal drive to feel like you've accomplished something with your time. Um, but what happened was, and this is where uh, it, it actually had started without me quite realizing it about the time the podcast started, was that I started getting really, um, I don't even know what the right words are, not exactly depressed, um, a little bit depressed, a little bit anxious, a little bit hopeless, actually some days more than a little bit hopeless, um, sometimes a little bit helpless feeling. Uh, basically all sorts of negative emotions were kind of combining and blending together to bake into um, just this uh, horrible combination that by last summer, let's see, this is, this is technically 2020, 2018 was when I, I finally woke up one morning and went, wow, something's seriously wrong with you. You need to figure out what the problem is. And it took a long time because the information that I was looking for wasn't easily available in anything more than a very surface level sort of talk as far as, you know, looking for articles or something on the internet. But it turned out that I had really bad burnout, really bad. Um, yeah. And 
you could hear more about that if you haven't already in previous episodes. And I've talked a lot about like things that I was trying to do to get over it, get through it, get past it, get beyond it, um, to find out ways to never get it again, because I was quite distressed to talk to other people and have them say, oh yeah, I've had burnout twice, or I've had burnout three times. And I'm thinking, how could you ever let that happen? That's kind of what led to today's episode idea. Today, I want to encourage you on the first Sunday of a new year, first Sunday of a new month, if you're listening to this in the morning, at the beginning of a new day, this is very important. You need to make sure that you have created white space in your life. White space, like when you pick up a paperback book that was printed, you know, 40 or 50 years ago, and it's very small print and very narrow margins, so it doesn't have much white space. It's all like, see how much you can get on the page, versus a paperback today, oh, particularly a large print paperback, uh, where there's much more space. There, Your eye has room to kind of... Um, not be so tightly focused, um, to kind of see the whole picture in a way. And, um, when they talk about creating white space, a lot of times that's a matter of having, um, not so many really long paragraphs, more dialogue broken up into the page. Um, because every time you, uh, finish a paragraph and it's of course, almost always, you know, it doesn't go all the way to the end of the line that adds a little bit more white space and it just makes it easier on your eyes to, to read. Um, it makes the whole thing feel, I don't know why, this is something in our brains feel like this will be easier to read than if we pick up a book with small print and tiny margins and it's just like really big page long paragraphs. We, we have a tendency to in our heads go, oh, this might be a tougher read. This is exactly the way I want you to be thinking about how you want to organize your life this year. Because if you plan in white space, which I have never taught before because I didn't realize what a problem it would be when you don't plan in white space, you end up having a a much harder time, well, enjoying your life and your work, but also it just makes you feel tighter, like more tightly wound versus if you plan in a little bit of time off, whether it's, you know, a day or two off every week, like if you don't mind my saying, a normal person <laughs> with a normal job, um, or whatever it takes for you to feel like, um, you know, these are like phrases that we toss around a lot, filling your creative well, taking time off to, to go do things that are play. One of the things that I keep saying that I want to do more research on, because I think it's really fascinating, but I have so many things on my, I want to do more about this and learn more about that. Um, I have too many of those subjects, and so I'm not getting them all done, is the idea of play and how play helps us to be healthier overall and also helps us to be more creative. So, for instance, for me, I actually am going to put in my planner uh, like a daily reminder to do something that I consider to be play. So for instance, um, I've had several friends loan me puzzles. I got into a puzzle kick again, and um, they're big. (laughs) They're 1,000 and 1,500 piece puzzles. And my husband bought me a puzzle mat so that the dining room table won't be taken up forever. (laughs) If I put it on this felt mat, then you can roll it up and keep the pieces more or less 
in place, uh, at least so that you can, you know, have your dinner party and then go back to using TV trays for a week again while you put the puzzle back on the table. Um, I accidentally, I, we had friends over, I accidentally started practicing my guitar again, which has felt fantastic. It's weird because I would always be looking at the guitar case kind of longingly. You can see it in the uh, back corner of the YouTube video here with this longing of, I want to get back to that sometime. And my keyboard has been packed away for years because of all the moving and so much of our stuff being in storage. Now, finally, all of our belongings are in the same place with us. And I unpacked my keyboard for the first time in years and just played a couple of chords. I was like, oh, even though I've looked longingly at, I want to get back to that. Like, still, I forgot how much I love creating music even though I'm not very good at it, <laughs> I, uh, I just feel it's hard to explain. I just feel I've never been high, I don't think, uh, but I would imagine that's how it feels. Like you're just sort of floating and you're just filled with joy and the joy is making you float. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. That is the sort of thing that I think that I'm going to be looking for in terms of play. Now, puzzles don't make me feel that way. <laughs> But I want to do like at least a half an hour of music three, four, five times a week and at least a half an hour of some sort of play. If I can get myself to like get into this habit, it's weird that it has to become a habit. My husband's very good at it. Um, but if I could get myself to um, to give myself a half an hour of play every day or more, you know, especially if it's like Sunday or something like that, um, I think that it's really going to make a big difference in my attitude, my outlook, my creativity. Um, I think that I'll feel more joy and more peace. And I think that those things will allow more space. Do you know what I mean? Like when your spirit just feels like there's room to move around, you can, you can breathe within yourself. You know, it's like when you sit and stare at the sky or the ceiling or whatever you stare at and you're just daydreaming and it's like, oh, I have space to just think or not think, just lie there and let thoughts sort of wander through and out and I don't know how to explain it, but I forgot about it and I forgot about it to the point where I wasn't trying to keep it in my life because I didn't realize I'd lost it. So my encouraging words for you today are make sure if you have to plan it, plan it. Put some white space in your life. Make sure that you have planned time off that you actually stick to. And it's fine if something comes up and you're like, oh, I have to work during my planned time off, then make sure that you have enough white space in your life where you can move your playtime or your time off to another portion of your week. You don't want to give it up. You don't want to keep on going, well, you know, I'll just take up that space. I'll just take up that space. No, if that's the way that your week keeps going, then find some other way to make space for things that come up. You can't always be taking it away from the part of you that makes you whole and happy and healthy. And this is important in terms of overall health, but also you deserve to be happy with your life. If you can make a choice and that choice allows you to be happy, you should do it. You are worth it. 
You deserve to feel happy about what you do with your time. We can't always feel happy about every single thing we do with our time, but we can find ways to be as happy as we can be as often as we can be. And honestly, you deserve to feel good about the difference that you're making in the world because you probably are making a difference in people's lives. Maybe it's the people who are reading your work. Maybe it's the people in your family or your friends. Maybe it's people that you talk to in the grocery store or on the train. You make a difference, and this is important. I mean, we're not here to just try to see what all we can manage to accomplish before we die. We're here for, insert, you know, all the different reasons that people believe that we're here for. But we are creative people. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you are creative, you're probably writing, and you, uh, or maybe somebody told you, just listen to the encouraging words bits. Then whatever it is that you do, you make a difference. And when you are the best that you can be, which I think that the best that you can be is somebody who's joyful and peaceful and, and that kind of flows out onto other people, then you're definitely making a difference in the world. And one last thing, the other thing that I was just thinking about when I was reading my email this morning, I'm on uh, Susan May Warren's email list. Uh, she's been on the show two or three times. I think three times now she'll be on again. Uh, she's a wonderful teacher and a wonderful speaker, and, um, and she's always got something helpful to share with us. And uh, in her, I think it's her December 31st email to her email list, she talks about anticipation. And I was thinking, exactly, that's one of the things that white space gives you more room for. Anticipation, looking forward to something, that's something that brings us joy, even though we haven't actually gotten to the thing that we're looking forward to. So we're thinking it's the thing that will bring us joy. But anticipation, anticipating the thing, that also brings joy, unless you don't have any room in your life to even be thinking ahead about some of the great things that are coming up, then you're decreasing your joy by decreasing your ability to feel anticipation, which is not necessarily a good habit to get into if you are a writer who is writing I write mostly fiction, but also nonfiction. So I don't know if you write both or one or the other, but whatever it is that you write, chances are you are trying to elicit emotion in your reader, emotion to, um, to make them feel, you know, uh, scared, happy, uh, in love, <laughs> um, tense about, you know, who, who is, um, coming after this person in the woods, um, feel the um, hope that something can change if they're reading a nonfiction book, hope that they can learn how to do this new thing and that will change their lives. All the things that we're writing about in some way elicit emotion in our readers. We need to allow ourselves enough time to feel emotion, including anticipation. And white space gives us a lot more room to be thinking about all the different things that we feel in life. And sometimes it's not such a bad thing to allow ourselves room to think about um, the sad things. Like maybe if someone dies and you haven't really even had time to process it, uh, it's probably healthy for you to find some time to process and come to terms and think about all the great parts of having that person in your life and why, I mean, you miss them 
possibly, probably because they brought great things into your life. And sometimes that's not the case. Um, it's someone dies and we feel grief in various other ways, maybe because of some of the things that we felt that were negative, in which case, again, having time and taking time to process these things, these all make us, I believe, healthier, more well-balanced, better adjusted people, and people who can then be writing emotion better, because we've allowed ourselves to take the time to feel it also. I think it makes us better writers, because we can think back and go, okay, so that last time that I fell in love, you know, the time that I fell in love with my husband, how did that feel? What was the first day like when I first met him? And then the next day, and what was it like a week later when we finally went out on our first date? And, and then I can take the time to really start thinking about how this felt and that little bit of a moment and, and not only just the whole experience altogether, but this moment and that moment and that moment. And then I think, I totally believe that when I take the time to really think about the emotion that I'm trying to express on the page with these fictional people, when I think about those emotions at various times in my life, in my mind, I just write so much better. And um, I don't know, not, I don't know, I guess more faithfully, you know, more faithful to the actual feeling of the emotion. But I think it helps readers to really feel the emotion that I'm, that I'm trying to express. So for your own health and (laughs) to help your career become even um, hopefully more emotion filled, which leads to more readers thinking, oh my gosh, I have to read this next person's, uh, this person's next book and the next book and the next book after that. There's a lot of reasons why I think that this is super important. So give it some thought. Plan white space into your life. Plan time off into your life. If you need to have the opportunity to move around and sometimes take up part of that white space, part of that time off and and have to work during it, make sure that you've planned your week in such a way that you can move other things around and, and say, okay, I have to work here, but here is where I will then move the white space, the time off. Whether it's doing something fun or just staring out the window at the sky or going for a hike, <laughs> going for a run. I think that you're going to find that it, um, it really opens things up and I think it will help you to have a full year that doesn't overburden you and wear you out. And I really, really, really don't ever want to teach anyone again how to get more and more and more done to the point where anyone burns out. It's a terrible thing. I did not enjoy it one tiny bit. I found it very difficult to get over and I wanted to make sure from now on that I am helping people to not let themselves get to that point. And I think this is the first step. So good luck. Think about it. Think about like where your plans are going to be, how you're going to arrange this time. And I'm really excited to see you have a much better year in 2020 than ever before. So Happy New Year to both of us. Happy new planning. And uh, we will see you again on Thursday. Thank you.